Hi, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. For months, we take time to prepare and educate ourselves on this new adventure of motherhood. But as we all know, once the baby is born, we're still left with so many questions and need all the help we can get. Women really should have a sense of empowerment as they begin to experience these life-changing moments. And no one mother has it all figured out. However, the more informed we are, the better decisions we can make that will positively affect us and our family. And that's what this podcast is about. Sharing honest, raw, and real conversations about motherhood, life, and all of the crazy, messy, beautiful in-betweens to hopefully educate, empower, and support the next mother on her motherhood journey. So sit back and enjoy. As a busy mom, I need style, simplicity, and convenience when it comes to my wardrobe. And I'm so glad that I learned about Modern Mom Style Box. It's been a game changer for me. It's a monthly clothing rental subscription service where you stock your virtual closet and receive a box of cute styles that you've selected. You can try them on and either hang on to them for the month, you can purchase them at a reasonable price, or you can just return them in a prepaid shipping label when you're done. And you can receive multiple boxes with your month's subscription. Sizes go up to 4X and they have popular brands like Ann Taylor, Banana Republic, French Connection, and more. I want you to try it yourself for free for one month. So head on over to www.modernmomstyle.com to start your free trial today and tell them that Nicole from Mamas Know Best sent you. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with a very special guest, Miss Amanda Huffman. Amanda served in the Air Force for six years as a civil engineer, including a combat deployment to Afghanistan. When her first son was born, she traded in her combat boots for a diaper bag to stay home with her son. Shortly after leaving the military, she began her blog, Airman to Mom. Today, she is a mom of two boys, a Space Force spouse, the author of Women of the Military, the host and creator of Women of the Military podcast, and she is using her voice to help create resources for women who have served while also inspiring the next generation of women to serve. Her mission is to help young women as they join the military. When Amanda went into the military and had a lot of questions and didn't have anyone to look up to, she decided to create her book, A Girl's Guide to Military Service, which is publishing on September 13th. She also has a free girl's guide to the military to help answer questions about military life. Her other passion is being a mom and raising two boys, and she loves that her business gives her the flexibility to do both to work and be a mom. And don't we all love that flexibility? Amanda, it's such a pleasure to have you on. How are you today? I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. I'm excited to dive deep into your story. But before we do that, let's do my icebreaker round. So tell me, what is your favorite book? I'm always like the last book I read is my favorite book. I really like Nicholas Sparks as an author. So one of his romantic Probably The Wedding is my favorite. And then I just finished the biography about Elon Musk by Ashley Vance. And it was really interesting. And I learned a lot about SpaceX and Tesla and just all the challenges they went through. And it was really interesting. No, it sounds interesting. Okay. What is your superpower? I'm able to get a lot done in a limited amount of time. I don't know. That's probably like a mom power. I don't know if it's like special to me. (laughs) For sure. And if you could travel back in time, do you know what period or year you would like to go to? So I really like Victoria on PBS. I just love the history. And I think the stuff that her husband was doing with like all the innovation and technology was really, really cool to see how 
much the world was changing at that time. And so I think it would be really cool to go back to that time period. Yeah, that's definitely a cool time period. And do you know if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you want to go? I just went to Disney World a few weeks ago and it was amazing. But internationally, I would love to go back to New Zealand. I got to go there when I was deployed. I got a two-week break and my husband and I met in New Zealand and it was amazing. Oh yeah, I hear great things about New Zealand. And lastly, what has motherhood taught you? I think it's taught me to not be so hard on myself and to try and find more fun in the mundane moments of life. I agree. Okay, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit more of who you are in depth. You could discuss anything, hobbies, family life, career, education, and then we'll you know, drop into your blog and how that turned into your podcast and dive deeper into your story. So I served in the military for six years as a civil engineer, and my husband and I met when I was in college, and we're still married today, almost It'll be 15 years later this month. And we started the military life journey, both serving in the Air Force. And I ended up deploying to Afghanistan with the Army for a year. And it really shaped my decision when I got pregnant with my son that I didn't want to serve in the military anymore. It was really challenging to get stationed together and just manage all the logistics of military life with both of us being active duty So I decided to leave the military, not knowing that my identity was all wrapped up into being a captain and an engineer and serving in the military. And so when I became a mom and left the military at the same time, I kind of had an identity crisis and went through a bunch of different challenges to try and find myself again. And that was part of why I started my blog and how I ended up doing what I'm doing today. Wow. And I may ask... Was it something when you and your husband met that you both wanted to join the military since you were young? Or is it something collaboratively while you were in college? It was like, hey, this is what we want to do. Do you have military family? Like, what was that like? So we met in the ROTC program, Reserve Officer Training Corps, and he found out about it. I think he had wanted to be in the Air Force a lot longer than I had, and he applied to get a scholarship out of high school. For me, it was more something that I kind of stumbled into while I was in college. September 11th happened my senior year of high school, and then I was trying to decide what to do with my life, and I didn't really know, and a bunch of my friends were either enlisting, and then my one friend was doing ROTC, and another friend was doing an officer program, and I was like, hmm, the military, it seems like a good idea, and so while I was looking into enlisting, the friend who was doing ROTC told me, you should check out ROTC before you enlist, and I was like, okay. And so I went and met with the ROTC unit and learned about how I could keep going to school and get my degree and become an officer when I graduated. And if I had enlisted, I would have had to stop going to school, gone to basic, and then my follow-up on tech school. And so I was like, oh, I didn't know this was an option until he told me about it. And that was how I ended up in the military. And then my husband and I met because we were both in that program together. Wow. So basically, it was good for you to go to ROTC first and kind of have that before just jumping in and enlisting. And that's interesting that a lot of people don't know that. I think you have this notion, of, at least from what I know of the military, and I do have military family members, and thank you for your service. But I know you have this ideology, it's like straight from high school, like that's what you do, without realizing that there's other options, which I would imagine is part of your mission to kind of teach people of what the whole process is like, especially as a mom. What did your family 
family say that now that you're a parent, like, were they like, oh, especially since you don't come from a military family background? Well, when I told my dad I was looking into the military, he's like, okay, let's take you to the recruiter. I guess, like, my dad kind of knew that it was the right thing for me, and they had suggested it, and I was like, you guys are crazy. I'm not joining the military. And then when I told my dad, I think I'm going to join the military, he's like, let's go! (laughs) And so they were very excited and on board, and they went to the open house for ROTC, and my dad went to the recruiting station with me. So my parents were really involved, even though they didn't know a lot about the military. I think they just knew I was lost and needed direction and the military would give that to me. For sure. So they were a supporter from the beginning, which is great because I would imagine having a family, especially to make a decision like that is something so critical and key, especially maybe if you're going through some difficulty, you're missing home and whatever that's like. But I do want to make a note. I know that April, which is when this episode will air, is the month of the military child. So I wanted to ask you some questions regarding to that before, again, we get into starting airmen to mom. What are some of the challenges military children face? I think military kids don't know what a normal life is. And so my oldest, he knows really hard things. Like he knows what it's like to say goodbye to friends. He knows what it's like to start over. And we saw a movie recently and at the end he was like bawling because the character had to say goodbye to his friends. And I wasn't even as upset but he when he was five he moved from California to Virginia and then we're moving back to California again and so he knows what it's like to like say goodbye to friends and to have to start over and even though he thinks it's normal and they kind of take it in stride it's really hard on the kids to have to go through that and to deal with even dealing with like I have some level of PTSD from my deployment and so I have to talk to them about the things that I'm experiencing. And I know a lot of military kids have to experience like their parents going off to war or or just being gone a lot. My husband before the pandemic was gone all the time. And it's it's just really a different lifestyle than what normal kids experience. Yeah, I would imagine how tough that is, but also how resilient. But then I guess to your point of so much emotion coming out of him because it's something he could relate to. It's something maybe that triggered him that he didn't even realize was there. And now it's unpacking, but to the point, it's something that I'm sure has made him resilient because, I mean, that is a part of life. Whether he was military or not, what if we had to move? What if you move schools, you say goodbye to your friends, but the level of that of knowing you're moving cross state or having to say goodbye to your parent because they're going on deployment, I'm sure is something that people who aren't in the military can never truly understand, you know, and how much sacrifice children of the military have to make as well. How can the military have a positive impact on a child's life? There are so many experiences that the military can give kids, like living in different states. And well, we drove from California to Virginia to get here and we did a cross country road trip. And now we're going from Virginia to California. And I was asking my five-year-old, I was like, what historical landmarks do you want to see? And he's like, I don't know. And so like, he's going to see like all these things that I dreamt about seeing when I was growing up and like he's already been to Mount Rushmore he's been to Chicago he's gotten to do so much stuff and I don't think that he even really understood like how much I desired that growing up my family didn't travel very much and so just being able to like see the world in a different way and experiencing different cultures across America and some kids even get to travel and live across the world Mm -hmm. for sure and maybe it's something as they get older and how old is your oldest 
I have an eight and five year old. Eight and five. Okay. Oh, so even the eight year old. Oh, yeah. I to travel that often. That's like unheard of. And to see all of that. My my last question is if you could discuss any resources to help children as they consider the military. But the second part of that is also how can civilians, if there's a military child in my son's classroom, how can we support as a neighbor or as someone on the outside looking in? Are there things we can do to help? Yeah, for sure. Because a lot of military families don't have family and we definitely don't have friends. When I first moved to Virginia and my son was starting kindergarten, they were like, what's your, who's your emergency contact? And I was like, well, I met this lady and I guess I could ask her if she'll, but like, we don't know anyone. And so we don't have a lot of resources. And even like the kids kind of feel awkward as like a new student. Like my son was lucky because he was going into kindergarten. So everyone was kind of new. As we move back to California, he's not going to be in kindergarten. He's going to be, and there's going to be all these friendships. And so to just welcome the kids in and to ask the parents if they need help or support, or if there's a way that you can like childcare and that sort of thing is, it's a really hard balance for being a military family. Is there any way that I can find out who would be, let's say, someone military? Like, is there a group or something to go to, or is it just conversation with people? That's a good point. Like, it's really obvious to me that I'm a military family, but it wouldn't be so obvious to you if I never talked about it. So I, it's just through conversation and listening. And I think if you're in a military town like a town where there's a base it's probably easier because you see like new people moving in and you can connect with them but we're kind of like hidden in the community like invisible you can't really know that we're there and then I mean we're we tell people like we're a military family so and I think military families are pretty vocal about it. Yeah, but I guess to your point is like, unless you're talking or having the conversation, but let's go back to the part eight. What are some resources to help children as they consider the military? You can go to recruiters and there's not a lot of good resources that I've found. Like you can do internet searches and there's some books that are out there that can like give you tips on like how to prepare for the ASVAB or to learn a little bit about the military. But I don't really feel like there's enough resources out there to give you a full picture. I think the military relies a lot on recruiters and word of mouth. And that was why there's definitely not stuff focused for girls who are considering joining the military. And so that was why I started becoming so passionate. And I found that that girls are looking for information and they're trying to find out about the military because the free guide is one of my most popular uh, lead magnets on my website, which really surprised me because I was like, who's going to download a girl's guide to the military? But they do. And then they email me and they ask me questions. And so I know there's people out there looking for it and I don't feel like there's enough resources out there. Oh, wow. That's a good point. Okay. So then now let's go into you creating one of those resources that is out there, which is your blog, and then how that turned into creating your first book and going into your second book. So tell me what it was like to create your blog. What spawned the idea? What was the inspiration behind that? (laughs) So I started my blog because I was like, oh, make a blog. I'll make a lot of money. It'll be so easy. And then reality set in and you don't just make a blog and have all these thousands of people reading it. It's a lot of work. And I just thought airman to mom because I was in that stage of going from being in the Air Force and being an airman to being a mom. And airman not as like someone who's a pilot, but as in that's a rank that the military calls if you're 
like a soldier, an airman. Thank you for clarifying. Yes. So that was where uh, the idea came from. And then I just thought I would write about my life and somehow that would be interesting. But then I learned a lot about marketing and about finding your niche and growing your audience. And I, I really tried to not talk about military stuff, but the military stuff was the thing that got the most traction and people were like, oh, you were in the military. I want to hear more about your story. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So it was kind of like an accident because I never planned on focusing on military stuff, but one thing after another led me closer to military life. And now I'm like all about helping women who have served or who are joining the military. And how long ago was this? When did you start the blog? I started the blog in 2014. And then I I started my podcast in 2019. So like from 2014 to like 2018, I I didn't know what I was doing. And I made a lot of mistakes and I was bouncing all over the place. And it wasn't until the end of 2017 and 2018 that I started to shift towards military women. So tell me, before we get into the inspiration of the book, how was that transition? Because basically you started eight years ago, which I know you mentioned after the birth of your son. What was that transition like? Because I would imagine being in the military is very much as a career mom, right? It's your career. It's what it is. And you mentioned earlier your identity being wrapped with that and being a captain. I suffered that as well after having after the birth of my son. I just thought we just hit all the check marks and then he came and I was completely thrown for a loop. I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, how am I this successful corporate woman executive who can manage a team, but I'm going crazy right now? So how was that transition like for you? And I'm sure that was a very big decision for you to say, I'm going to leave this to, in essence, raise my my son. And then I also want you to tell me what a Space Force spouse is. I meant to ask you that before. (laughs) Well, the Space Force is the newest military branch. I think it's like two years old. I'm not a very good. My husband transferred from the Air Force to the Space Force last year in the summer in July. It'll be a year that he's been in the Space Force. And so it's just the newest branch and their focus is space stuff. Not going to space, that's NASA. It's launching satellites into space and... Like protection of that, security of that, of security of that. Wow, that's pretty, that's got to be very intriguing and very interesting. That's pretty cool. But okay, so go into what that transition was like. Yeah, I was listening to your intro the trailer when you were like and then I started reading blogs and then I started reading books and I started and I was like that's my life because I was like how am I doing this wrong like why is everything falling apart I should be able to do this I was in the military I served in Afghanistan and why can't I do this and I really struggled with the transition from being in the air force to being a mom and just not feeling like I did anything right and feeling so much pressure to follow what a book said instead of what my gut said. And so it was really hard because I had that struggle of like, well, the book says this, but my child's doing this instead of being like, this is a person. It's not, it's not a test. It's a person with emotions and he's going to do what he needs to do. And my husband also went to eight weeks of training when my son was two months old and I was in the process of transitioning out. And so that was another strain that made it even more stressful. 
Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine because at least although I was dealing what I was dealing with hormonal and emotional and everything, my husband was able to take time off. Like he took a leave of absent. He had PTO. Thankfully, his company offered like eight weeks of paternity, which was like unheard of. His boss called and was like, hey, you could take some more time. He was like, really? So it added to that. So I couldn't even imagine what that must have felt like for you going through all of this. Then what was it like when you did leave the army and now you're a mom? How much did you miss it? And then how do you feel now? Do you still feel like it was the right decision that you made? Yeah, I really struggled with if it was the right decision. Like, I think deep down in my gut, I knew it was the right decision, but it was still really hard. It was easier to look back and be like, oh, if I was still in, I would be doing this, this, and not thinking about, like, the reality of what sacrifice. Like, oh, if I was still in, I'd probably be overseas somewhere, and my husband would be alone raising my child and how hard would that be when I would look back at the military I'd look at it through rose colored glasses of not reality and so I really struggled with like if I made the right choice but I think transitioning out of the military is something that they try and make it seem like you transition and like the next day you're fine but it's really like a three to five year period where you're kind of in this like relearning who you are and finding what you want to do. And so it it took me like five years before I finally was able to be like, I'm happy I got out of the military. And I know you mentioned you had some PTSD. Do you still have that? And then who did you rely on and who have you relied on to kind of get you through that time? Yeah, so I had trauma from my deployment. It wasn't technically classified as PTSD, but that's the easiest way to explain it. And I tried to get help right when I got home, and the counselor told me that I just got home from a deployment, and it would just take me some time to adjust. But I knew I was struggling after my second son was born, and I just needed help. And so I went to a program called Celebrate Recovery for about, well, until we moved here, so about two years. And that really helped me with learning different techniques and to how to focus some of the things that I had struggled with and just talking about those things that you don't usually talk to people about. And then also my mom told me about meditation. So I've been using meditation for the past two and a half-ish years. And that's been really helpful with like getting in contact with my body and grounding. And then last year I did a program called the Cohen Veterans Network, which is free counseling and therapy for veterans, their family members, um, and service members. And it's free. And I actually was going through it when the war in Afghanistan ended. And I didn't know how much I needed the therapy. And then with like everything happening with the war ending, I was so thankful to have a therapist who could help me deal with my feelings and my emotions. So it's been an ongoing struggle. I'm a lot better than I was then, but it's been years and years of hard work to get to where I am today. Wow. And I applaud you for that, for even sharing and being vulnerable. Ladies, are you tired of feeling overworked and under-recognized for your impact at work? And are you curious about how to do the inner work to own your worth so you can feel confident making the bold asks, negotiating for more, and creating your ideal career. Ashi Perey, a previous guest, is a successful leadership and negotiation coach who is offering you the special opportunity to experience the power of private coaching with her. She will give you the tools necessary to grow your career in your own terms by being authentic in tough conversations, 
building bridges through negotiation, and trusting that no is not the end. Head over to www.ownyourworth.com to book an exclusive 30-minute private consultation. I'm a big, big proponent of therapy. Mental health is so, it's one of the things, you know, we don't talk about often, especially in, in the career place, you know, of being afraid to take a mental health day that we've had to actually lie now that I'm out of corporate. I'm like, gosh, I remember days of being like, I had to say that I was sick as opposed to just being honest and being like, look, I I need a day. I need a day. And I'm happy that we are now where we're at. I think we still have a long way to go, but that mental health is no longer just a stigma, but that we're talking about it vulnerably, openly and saying, yes, I'm going through this. And then I can only imagine on the military side of things, how even more so that's important because of how many people probably suffer in silence. Yeah. And when I went and tried to get help, she told me I was going to be fine. And so for a long time, I just believed her instead of knowing there was something wrong. And I think there's a stigma around women in the military, like, well, you can't have PTSD. You didn't see combat, but I actually did go on a combat deployment where we were running convoys and there was trauma from that experience. The fact that people were being told, you're fine. (laughs) It's like, no, I'm here. Like, it's probably a big sign if I'm in the counseling office that something's wrong and it's not just I just got home. And and who are we? I mean, I know that's one thing I'm very cognizant of with our with my husband and I, with our son. No, if there's something wrong, you're fine, you're fine. I'm like, who are we to tell him he's fine? If he is going through something, if he is going through the emotions, why take that away? Because then to your point, he's going to, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And it's like, no, let's address it and let him know, you know what, you're very much, it's okay to feel upset that you can't find your Power Ranger or superhero toy. I understand you. As basic as that is, I think I've been aware of that. And it could be because of my podcast and talking to so many moms and even some therapists. So to your point, if you're hearing, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But your body, your little voice is like, no, you're not fine. You need to address it. Let's talk about it. And I think that's a big thing to say. And for all my listeners out there, if someone is telling you you're fine and you're going through something, push for it more, be an advocate for yourself and don't let them diminish what you're feeling. Okay. So what was your original book? And tell me how that came to fruition. So my original book was Women of the Military, which is the same name as the podcast. And it came out in June of 2019. So after the podcast had started, but it goes back to 2017. I did a deployment series and I was like, oh, I'll ask these people to talk about their deployment experience and it'll be really fun. And then I asked all the guys, not all the guys, but a bunch of the guys I deployed with, no one responded. And then I put it in a woman veteran forum and I got a bunch of responses and other people shared it. And I ended up getting all these responses from women. And I was like, oh, women, they're in the military and they have really cool stories. And so that's when I was like, I don't care about deployment anymore. And I dropped deployment and I exchanged it for women. And so the book was supposed to be a blog series, but 2018 was when we moved from California to Virginia and I felt really overwhelmed and so I was like I don't want to do the blog series it's a lot of work and so my friend was like you don't have to and so I started the podcast and I was going to use the stories I had in case I couldn't find enough guests for the podcast because I was really worried about finding women veterans but now I don't have a problem with that. So I didn't have any open weeks. And so one of the ladies who had written her story was like, what are you going to do with my story? And I was like, I don't know. So I put it together into a book 
and put it on Amazon and use their KDP program. That's awesome. So basically, they're women's stories of the military, their deployment and everything as moms, as just women. Oh, wow, that's very interesting. And then what was the inspiration into the Girl's Guide to Military? So I started, I created the lead magnet a few years ago, and people started downloading it. And at the end of my podcast episodes, I asked women what advice they would give to girls who are considering the military. And so for my 100th podcast episode, I was like, I want to do something special. So I took a bunch of the pieces of advice and made it into an episode. And it got so much traction. And it's one of the top three episodes ever. And I also did it again. And that one got a bunch of traction. And I did an episode about what branch should you join. So I realized there was a need for more information about joining the military. And so I wanted to create a book that focused on what it would be like to join the military as a girl instead of as a boy, because I feel like there's a lot of things that are different about joining the military. And I wanted to answer all the questions that I had when I was joining, because I feel like it was just luck that I learned about ROTC. And I'm not saying enlisting would have been bad and it would have been the end of the world and it wouldn't have been a good situation, but it was a better situation for me to do ROTC and to continue school. And that's how I met my husband. (laughs) So I'm really grateful that I went that route. But I want people to be able to go into the military knowing all their options, knowing as much information as they can before so they can better protect themselves and all the things that I wish I would have known. That's great. And now that you're, goodness, eight years into your blog, and I know what it's like to create blog, podcasts, and all that, and you just start and you're going through the trenches with it and you learn from it. What have you learned now with your blog, your first book, and now going into your second book? What has this journey been like for you and your podcast? You know, what are, what have you really taken away from it? I've just learned so much about the people that I've gotten to meet, or I guess the community that I've started to create and be inspired by all the stories that I get to hear and then the friendships that have been built through interviews. And once I get one thing done, then I have a new idea and a new idea and there's more things that I want to accomplish and more ways that I want to help people. And so I know it's been eight years. You'd think it's like, oh, so you're like pretty much set. And it's like, no, I still have a lot more things that I want to do. And I think that the book is going to be really exciting because I'm really well connected in the women veteran space, but I'm obviously trying to reach families who are from the civilian side who maybe they never even considered the military as an option. And so I'm learning like how to get involved with schools and communities and to broaden who I'm reaching instead of being like kind of in a self-licking licking ice cream cone of like military women. And so I'm trying to branch out. So it's been really interesting to learn different strategies and marketing techniques and that sort of thing. Oh, goodness, it sounds so exciting. And I love that. I love how you say you're like you would think eight years in and the fact that I'm sure it still excites you shows that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and being such a resource to those women. So I guess I'll ask what's next for Airmen to mom, which I know you kind of basically answered, but also how do you truly hope to impact your community with what you have going on? You know, what have you been so proud of that you've been able to do thus far and what would you like to continue to do? I think I'm really proud of all the stories that I've gotten to share. I don't screen my guests unless they just have to be a woman and a veteran, and then they get to share their story. And so it doesn't 
allow my bias to like screen people because I know that even if I didn't want to have a bias, I do. And so I think that gives the podcast a really interesting perspective because the only screening is woman veteran and then they get to tell their story. And so I get to hear all these stories that I never would have expected. And if I had looked at their information, sometimes I'd be like, oh, this is probably not going to be that interesting. And then they like tell this crazy story. You're like, oh, I never expected that. And so it's been really cool to just hear the history of women in the military and all the things that women have done for years, not just recently, but for years and years. And it's just been so cool to be able to do that. And then now being able to inspire the next generation of women to serve, it gets me so excited to be able to have an impact on changing the military in the future by bringing more women in and bringing more positive changes to the military as a whole. Oh gosh, I love that. And I love how you said that because it's it's so true. Even with my podcast guests and I have an intake form and I, I just created one maybe within the last year and it has helped, but there were times that I've been like, well, I don't know, like, what can we talk? And then I'll learn something out of left field. And I'm like, oh, this is why I love doing this. So I've learned to, you know, their basic questions, but I, I don't, I don't want to hear anything before. Don't tell me anything because I think having the organic conversations, I agree with you because that's how I run mine as well. Like me talking to you is so much more impactful and just adds to it. But that's funny. Yeah. There's been times where I'm like, oh, I don't know, but we'll see. Then like, it's like one of my favorite conversations. Like you learn so much. So that's, that's pretty cool that you feel the same way. And then what's next? I know you have, what's, you touch on a little bit, but do you have anything else specifically, you know, three, five years, where do you see this going? I really want to create a mentorship program that has a cascading effect where girls who are looking to join the military can connect with women who are serving in the military and women who are serving in the military can connect with women who have been out of the military for a few years and women who have been out of the military for a few years can connect with women who have been out even longer and just have this like waterfall effect where we're building a community and a mentorship that we can help each other with our knowledge of serving in the military and bringing new people in because when I left the military as a woman in the military it's really hard to be a woman in the military because you constantly have to prove yourself and when I left I was like well I don't want to have to prove myself anymore so I'm just going to be what everyone expects I'm going to be a military spouse and then I don't have to prove myself and I walked away from being part of the veteran community, but through podcasting and talking to women veterans, it brought me back into the veteran community, which the veteran community is like an amazing space for military members once they leave the military because it's not branch specific. It's like a family of people and I don't want women to miss out on that. And so if I can bring women into the veteran community by helping them connect with women who are serving or who are joining, then I think it'll have so many positive impacts, not only for them, but for the military community and the veteran community. Love it. Yeah, I would imagine, you know, you guys are something special. You, Like you said, despite what different service that you're in, you're just all veterans at this point. You've, you've served, you're here. And it's like, it's a special community because only you know what the other person has gone through in whatever aspect of it. So yeah, I would imagine it's a it's a pretty wonderful community to be a part of. Okay, Amanda, let's get into my habits that I like to ask because, you know, you are a, a military spouse, your Space Force spouse, and you have your children, eight and five, who he's hitting double digits soon. How do you make time for your own self-care? So I've discovered audiobooks recently, and 
I love to read, but I don't have enough time to read all the books I want. But I can clean the bathroom and listen to an audiobook and or make dinner and listen to an audiobook. And so I found that self-care, I have to be creative and I would love to spend all Saturday <laughs> laying in my bed reading a book. And every once in a while, I do take time to do that. But I also really love to read every day. And so that gives me the opportunity. I can plug in my AirPods and listen to an audiobook while I'm cooking dinner or doing a task that I don't really want to do, the dishes or whatever, and listen to a book or a podcast. I think with motherhood, because I think if we weren't moms, which is why I say with motherhood, because I think self-care and motherhood go so hand in hand, because it's not until you become a mom that you're like, oh, I really had so much more time. You, you take it for granted. So I think motherhood and self-care just, they should go hand in hand immediately. But I think one of the things is you have to be creative you have to find the way. I know for me just recently, I was like, okay, I kept saying, I need to do something. How am I going to work out? And I'm hearing all these things where you should work out in the morning. And I sat there and I'm like, Nicole, be real with yourself. Jay still gets up in the middle of the night at 4.35. No, I don't want to go to the gym. So I said, what can I do? And then it just hit me. I said, well, I have a bike. My client's office is less than three miles away. What if I ride my bike to my client's office? So I did that this past Friday for the first time and it felt great. So basically it was like 2.5 miles. So a little over five miles for the day and I felt great. So it's like you have to find those moments. And I'm like, I got some vitamin D in the sun and I had alone time. I say all that to say, it's like, yeah, I think with motherhood, you just have to find it and you roll with it. And if it's bringing you joy at that moment and you're doing kind of killing two birds with one stone, you make it work. How do you relax and unwind for the day? What does that look like for you? So in the evenings, my husband and I usually watch TV for about an hour, either YouTube or we've been watching Stranger Things, which I don't think is unwinding, but I'm addicted anyways. And then after that, we get ready for bed and I usually read a book for 20, 30 minutes and then I do my meditation before I go to bed. And my meditation is like the last thing I do and it always helps me to unwind and relax and then I go to sleep. Nice. And how does your work day begin and end? Like, do you have morning routines with that, especially with the, with the little ones? Yes. When the pandemic started, we started homeschooling. And so in the mornings, I do the homeschool stuff for them until about lunchtime. We can get most of the school done. And then in the afternoons, I work on my blog and my podcast. And they either do extra school assignments or play or clean their room or that sometimes they get the reward of watching TV and we make it all work. Yeah, so that's my day is homeschooling in the morning, working in the afternoon, and then sometimes I work in the evenings between the time that my kids go to bed and about an hour after. Yeah, for sure. I, I know those. I know you guys planning to continue to homeschool even when you move back to California? Yeah, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do next. I know in California they have the hybrid homeschool option where you can send your kids to school part-time and then homeschool. And so we're looking into that and hopefully we can get into one of those programs. But I keep going back and forth because homeschooling I have like a love-hate relationship with. I really love it, but it's also a lot of work. And it's also like a mental strain because I have to figure out like, what the lessons are going to be and like how I'm going to make everything fit. And then some days I think it's going to take this long and it takes a lot longer and then it kind of messes up the whole rest of my day. And so it's, I have this struggle between like 
wanting to run my business and have more time for my business, but also wanting to give my kids the best opportunity and to be at home. So that's that's like a loaded question, <laughs> but it is something that I really overall enjoy it. And I feel that it has benefited my eight-year-old. My five-year-old just started kindergarten this year, but my eight-year-old really was struggling with school and he doesn't want to go back to school. And so we're trying to figure out how we're going to find the balance. Yeah, to find the balance, that'll be key. And hopefully you do find something when you go to California. I would say where there's a will, there's a way. So hopefully you find something that does work for you guys. I will say, I don't know if you want to check out, there's a few homeschooling moms that I've um, interviewed and I can even give you maybe some that you can listen to. And they just get, they just, and they were also very different, which I loved. I think even for someone like me who isn't a homeschool mom, we have this ideology of what that looks like. And they all came with very different ways and some out of necessity, some was I always wanted to do this. This. Actually, two of them was just out of necessity and then ended up loving it. One of them has eight children. And she homeschools them all, but they range from different ages because I imagine like this house and she's trying to like get and she's like, no, no, no. She's like my oldest. They're in high school. So they're, you know, she's like, we make it work. And then I think her youngest is toddler. But yeah, I mean, you, you figure it out. But I would imagine yeah, in this day and age, I'm so happy with all the different resources that parents have for that, especially what transpired from the pandemic. Like I know here in South Florida, I'm actually interviewing a woman. She created like a co-op school and it's like a homeschooling and she takes some kids. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, that's great to know that that option's available because if God forbid, if this does happen again and we have to whatever, you know that there's other options that you're not like, what's going to happen? Because I'm not the teacher material like that. You know, I'm just not, I guess if I had to be for sure, but I'm happy to see these resources popping up is what I'm saying, you know, that there's a way, but how can my listeners connect with you? So my favorite place to hang out is LinkedIn, which I know a lot of people are like, LinkedIn, what a weird place to hang out. But there is a big veteran community on LinkedIn, and it's more than just a place to find jobs. It's also a great place to connect with other creatives. And you can also check out my podcast, Women of the Military Podcast. It's on whatever your favorite podcast app is because there's too many to list. And then my blog is airmentomom.com. And you can find me there too. Awesome. Any other final thoughts to the podcast community? The military changed my life in so many positive ways. And I wouldn't be where I am without the military. So I think parents and kids should consider the military as an option. It doesn't mean that you have to do it. It's just something that I think people should look into and learn more about because the leadership skills and the experiences that you have will change your life and there's a lot of more negative press about the military, especially around women. You can listen to the podcast and hear both good and bad stories, but uh, so many people gain so much from the military, and I think it's worth considering. I love it, and I, I would like to see one day us doing more for our veterans. I know there's a woman I, I interviewed, and she was a veteran, and she's creating a clothing line, and her ultimate goal is to give back to veterans, you know, because then we hear so much that happens with the PTSD and unfortunate veterans, you know, with just drugs and certain things. And I would like to see one day that, you know, we're able to give back to the veterans for all that you guys have, have done for us, so hopefully one day. But Amanda, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your story, and continued blessings to you for love and light. Thank you. Thank you for joining me this week on the Mamas Know Best We Got Something to Say podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, NGC Consulting, where you can find them at NicoleGConsulting.com. 
For more motherhood resources, check out themotherhoodvillage.com. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss an episode. And if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or recommendation to a friend works too. And join us next time for another amazing conversation. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.